0: Today, it's long-term care insurance. Is it something worth investing in? This is the 7 Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. 7 Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. Thank you so much for joining us, being a part of our community, women who want to be financially confident. And when you know and have a good understanding of what's going on with your finances, you have that confidence. You feel good, less stressed. That's what we're working towards, less stress. Now, I know we have a lot of you who listen outside of New York, which is awesome. Thank you so much. And you'll get a lot of good financial nuggets from today's conversation. But I need to put the disclaimer on this. The following information is only applicable to residents of New York. The information provided is not intended for residents outside of New York. Okay. Joining the conversation today is Colleen Fitzhenry. She is a CFP at Lustig and Fitzhenry Financial Services in cooperation with Financial Partners of Upstate New York. She is also certified in long-term care. So, there is no doubt, right, Colleen? 401k, thumbs up, everybody's on board. Homeowner's insurance, okay, we got to get that. We have no choice. No choice, it's a law. But then when we talk about long-term care insurance, that's where people start to have their opinions. And even in the financial industry, right? Some people are rallying behind it. Yes, go for it, this is what you need. And other people kind of debate in question if you really need it. So what we're hoping to get from you today, because you're so well-versed in this, is just the facts. If you can lay out the facts for us, educate us, so we at least have some knowledge of what it is, and then we can take it from there. Perfect. That sounds like a great idea. Yes. Okay. And this is our goal, and this is your goal, too. You were saying a lot of times you want to help your clients, female clients, be more engaged with their finances. Oh,
1: absolutely. That's definitely a top priority, but then... That stems from an understanding and a certain level of education, not only about insurances, but investments. So they, they work together, and yeah. it's important that we not be intimidated by it, but we understand it, and then when we feel comfortable, we can make the right decisions for ourselves
0: and our family. And especially when it comes to financial questions, and long-term care insurance is a great example of it, because right away you don't fully understand it, Some women, and I'll say I'll admit me sometimes as well, we're kind of nervous and embarrassed by the fact that at this point in our life, we don't really understand it. So we're nervous to ask the questions. In some cases, definitely. But
1: that's exactly where you need to try and just engage with someone that you're not intimidated by. And again, you know, financial services industry is a very largely male dominant industry still still to this day, I mean, we are trying to encourage more and more um, young women to come into the field, but, you know, for whatever reason, that is just the way that our industry has evolved. So there's nothing wrong with, uh, I don't know, speed dating financial advisors until you find one that you really feel comfortable with, because unless you're able to open up to that advisor, they're really never going to be able to give you the correct recommendations for Mm. yourself.
0: You have to feel so comfortable where it
1: doesn't matter. The silliest question, ask it. There is no silly question. Right. It's, it's unfortunate when you don't feel comfortable enough with the person you're working with to ask that question.
0: All right. So now let's go really basic care. Long-term yep. care insurance. What is that? What does that even mean?
1: <clears throat> Long-term care insurance is insurance that uh, that covers those things that your health insurance or Medicare stop covering. Long-term care insurance kicks in when you file a claim and you're chronically ill, and your course of action no longer is something that's going to rehabilitate you, but it's just going to make it possible for you to live on a, on a daily
0: basis. Can you give an example of a scenario where a family either had long-term care insurance and thankfully they did, or a family who didn't have it and, and you wish they had? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I can go. Yeah, I can give you a few
1: examples on this one. I'll, you know, first start with the personal one. Um, I am actually the youngest of eight children. Uh, my father was a postal worker and my mother was a waitress and also worked in, uh, you know, the school lunchroom. So being the last of eight, my parents had me when they were much older. And my father, unfortunately, struggled with cancer. So by the time I was a senior in high school, he had gone through everything that he possibly could have um, endured in terms of treating him. And it was just, it was the end. I mean, there was nothing else that could be done for him. So we were a modest family. They obviously did not have long-term care insurance. So my mother needed to quit her job in order to be able to take care of my dad. So again, as women, generally speaking, we wind up becoming the caregiver. So I witnessed firsthand. I mean, not only, you know, did she have to give up her job, but she was thrown into something that she wasn't trained to do Mm -hmm. because she wasn't a caregiver by training. And it obviously had an economic impact on the family. But then after all was said and done, I mean, my mother became sick after my father had passed away because caregivers have a tremendous amount of pressure that's placed upon them. And it's, it's more often than not, they actually wind up becoming compromised as well. So mm. it's a whole dynamic. I mean, it's not only the financial, it's the emotional um, and it's the, the ripple effect on the entire family. So again, that's a situation where someone didn't have it, and it, you know it had a quite an impact. On the other hand, you know I am a certified financial planner. I do work with um, families that of of all levels of wealth. But one particular situation, we did have long term care insurance in for this elderly couple, and um, unfortunately, the wife did need long term care. She did receive home care. She was able to use her policy for home care services, but then her situation progressed and she needed to be put into a nursing home. Well, her husband was very particular and they didn't really like the first nursing home that she had gone into, but fortunately they had long-term care insurance. So the insurance company's paying if, if they don't like, or if you don't like the facility that you're in, then go somewhere else because you have the freedom and the flexibility to do so because you have an insurance company paying for the cost of that care. So they don't limit
0: you. They don't give you a, a
1: list to choose from? Which facility yeah. to go to? No, absolutely okay. not. Um, again, it, it may... No, I'm going to say absolutely not. Um, the difference walking into or trying to place a loved one in a nursing home when you walk in with a long-term care insurance policy or when you're willing to pay out of pocket, you have a much broader range of choices. If you go in as a Medicaid patient, sometimes those beds are limited. So I, we can go back to that, but let me finish the story about this couple. Yeah. Um, so the husband wasn't super excited about the first choice. Uh, so he had the ability to move his wife and you know, then they were happier with that. And the policy continued to pay, continued to pay. She was in there for several years but she did pass away um, and the policy benefits that we had set up were not exhausted. So it worked out, you know, as best as could be expected with regard to the financial obligation for this couple's uh, care that the wife needed and the trusts and the other things, um, the other investments that we had set up for this family, nothing was touched. Everything was intact. So all of the planning, legacy planning, um, None of that was compromised just because someone in the family had a long-term care need. So again, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the difference between having at least some kind of plan and,
0: and not having a plan at all. There are some people who are very diligent with saving and saving just for this when they get older. If they have the money to pay out of pocket and... You know, you say legacy planning and it would be great an ideal situation to leave money and trusts and, and whatnot to your kids and, and family. But what if that's not a priority for you? What if it's, you know, hey, I worked hard my whole life. This is what I'm saving for so I can use it when I'm older. It's OK that I don't leave money behind in that situation. Would you still
1: recommend long term care insurance? I am going to say yes, because I can share another story. Um, and again, that's. That's the value set that a client comes to a financial advisor with. Like, what are your priorities? Do you just want to make sure that you are have a fully funded retirement, that if you have any kind of long-term care need, that can be paid for as well? And your perfect financial plan would be spending your last dollar when you take your last breath mm-hmm. and the legacy piece has no value to you, as opposed to you know, a couple coming in and, and they have a different set of values. But again, that goes back to the relationship that you build with whoever mm-hmm. you're going to engage with as an advisor. But back to your question, um, even in a situation where you feel very wealthy in retirement, you've saved in your 401k, or you've saved outside of your 401k and you feel that your retirement is fully funded, a long-term care need can be so devastating you are talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of unexpected cost. And for individuals who think that maybe they would be able to take that out of their 401k to cover the cost, you have to realize, in most cases, the money that you've put into your 401k is pre-tax. So if you have an unexpected $100,000 need and you think you're going to take that from a 401k, that's really going to equate to possibly $130,000 distribution out of your 401k mm. because you need to pay the taxes and then have that money that you can spend. So there's a little bit of a, a challenge when you're trying to self-fund a long-term care need. The uh, story that I had was not a client of mine, but um, an associate's. Again, it was a married couple. The husband went into the nursing home. They did not have long-term care, The cost for the nursing home, as you know, can be quite high. The wife who was not in the nursing home, who I'll refer to as the community spouse because she was still living out in the community, uh, absolutely forbid her children to tell her husband how much that nursing home was costing because they were going through their savings at an incredible rate. And she felt, the wife, felt that if her husband realized how much money she was going through to keep him in that nursing home, he would want to be moved to the cheapest oh, place sure. that, yeah. that was available because you have two different sets of guilt in, in that yeah. situation. You have the husband feeling bad for going through all of their money so quickly. And then you have the wife not wanting him to be aware of that because she doesn't want him to feel that added pressure.
0: So it, and was she, did she, can a nursing home, when, when you have a spouse in the nursing home, can they really deplete all your funds? It, it, she wasn't protected in any way financially? There are programs, and again, um, I can speak
1: to New York and New York's Medicaid a little bit. In order to become eligible for Medicaid, you'd have to disclose your assets and your income levels. And your assets need to be spent down to the appropriate Medicaid level before Medicaid would kick in and cover any of the cost of that nursing home. So even in New York, if you're married, uh, Medicaid would allow you to keep slightly over $100,000 in assets. But anything over and above that is going to have to be spent out of pocket on the cost of care okay. before the state would come in and help.
0: Now, how much money are we talking on average for that family? Do you know the number or average amount?
1: Well, and it, it can vary by location, but I mean, you can go, you know, Google the you know average cost of nursing home care in whatever part of New York you're in, you know, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, or New York City. But you're, I mean, honestly, for full. Alone nursing home care, it's anywhere between ten and $15,000 a month Jeez. once you're in a facility. So, you know, do the math and think about, you know, what do you have in your retirement uh, portfolio? Yeah. And if that's going to be your approach, well, then what are you earmarking? And then not really spending for retirement income, but keeping off to the side as that potential, uh, you know, that could be spent on a long-term care need. Or would it make more sense to transfer that risk to an insurance company? That's yeah. really what you have to evaluate. What age or
0: when should we start thinking about this?
1: The industry used to suggest 50. You know, At 50, you should start looking at it. I, I think it's not so much an age, but it's a, a point at which you've acquired a certain amount of wealth that you wouldn't want at risk. So that could be a different age for Okay. All kinds of people. If you have a business owner in their 30s and they're just, they're killing it and doing a great job and they're just, you know, really raking in the the profits and they have money set aside, maybe their net worth in their 30s is a couple million dollars as opposed to someone who's just been, you know, working for an employer um, and, and maybe they have a million dollars in their 401k when they're 65. So it's not really an
0: age. It's mm. a what's your asset level? What's your net worth? What's at risk? How much are we talking that long-term care insurance is typically a year? How much would we spend in long-term care insurance? Okay, so that's a
1: really good question, and I, I hate to say it depends. I know but a, <laughs> it depends on the design of the policy. Okay. And that, again, is where you need to work with someone who understands all the types of policies that you could incorporate. So standalone long-term care insurance is almost like homeowner's insurance. You pay a premium. If you have a need, there are benefits there. You're covered. But if you pay that premium for a standalone long-term care insurance policy, for 15 years and you die painlessly in your sleep, never having used the long-term care benefits, then you've paid for something for 15 or 20 years that you and you've never used it. Just like your homeowners, if you're paying your homeowners insurance, you never have a house fire, you die, you paid all that money in homeowners insurance and never collected. So that's the criticism of yeah. the original long-term care insurance. But I will say that that is the most comprehensive kind of coverage available. And again, in New York State, if you purchase and incorporate a um, standalone long-term care insurance policy, there is a 20% New York State tax credit that is currently available. So that helps offset a little bit of the premium cost as well. So there's a tax advantage to considering that type of coverage and incorporating it. Okay, But on the flip side, the industry has responded and there are, there are more than just these standalone long-term care insurance solutions. There are what we call hybrid solutions. And again, I'm not talking product. I'm not talking about any individual companies offering. I'm just speaking in general terms. But these types of products give you something for your money. So it might be a situation where you make one payment or maybe you make a limited number of payments, but in return for that, you would either have access to the cash that you invested and it would have a small growth rate as well. You would have a death benefit, AKA life insurance, or if you had a long-term care need while you were alive, you could get tax-qualified dollars to pay for that long-term care need out of this one hybrid-type policy. So instead of a use it or lose it, like with the standard long-term care insurance, Mm -hmm. it's a use it, use it, or use it, because you can either access the cash value if you need that back, you can access it for tax-qualified long-term care benefits should you need that, Or ultimately, it's a death benefit if you pass away and never needed it for either of those first two things.
0: We have an elder law attorney who's on with us every month, Lisa Powers from Harris Beach. And we had talked about, we kind of touched on long-term care insurance. And this was in her expertise. So she did recommend, you know, find someone who is well-versed in it. And that is you, Colleen. Thank you. Um, But she said that you should, when you're signing up and trying to decide which plan, it shouldn't change your lifestyle. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, I agree with that hundred percent. And that's where it goes back to policy design. So again, that's the importance of working with someone who understands long-term care, but then also understands your full financial picture. Yeah. So I know sometimes we're reluctant and I, you know, I don't criticize anyone for maybe holding back a little bit because you don't want to just share all of this information with someone you've just met. But, you know, ask your friends, get a referral for someone that maybe they have used for for their financial advising or, you know, particularly for long-term care. And there's nothing wrong with you interviewing a few different advisors because, again, you you need to create and support this type of relationship because hopefully the person that helps you with your long-term care isn't going to be transitional, like one and done, like this is your policy, I'll never speak with you, speak to you again, or I'm done. So you want to build a relationship.
0: And this might be with Medicaid and just insurance in general, but we hear a certain number of days are covered. How easy is it to access the money with long-term care insurance? Is there a process? Is there, you know... You hear those horror stories of trying to get dad money to get into the nursing home, and it was paperwork after paperwork. Correct. Okay, so I'll, I'll speak to that in two
1: separate ways. I think applying for Medicaid is definitely a process, and that can be very, um, it can be exhausting, and there is definitely a lot of uh, documentation that you need to provide. So I think when we hear a lot of criticism, it could be for people that maybe don't have policies and they're trying to get on the Medicaid system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that obviously is a, a little bit of a process. In order to trigger your long-term care benefits, and again, this goes back to policy design and you have so many options. Um, policies can be designed with a zero elimination period or I've seen you know a year or two of elimination period. Elimination period is the number of days that you need to pay out of pocket before your policy kicks in. Okay. So it's almost like a a deductible on any other type of insurance. And that, as I said, it goes back to policy design. So when you're working with your um, insurance or financial advisor, it's important that they understand and that you understand when, how much of this, burden do you want to take on before this policy that you're paying for would kick in? An average elimination period is 90 days. Um, A lot of my clients, I've, because of, you know, personal reasons, I've designed it with a 20-day elimination period because they just want the policy to kick
0: in quicker, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, alleviate that stress of it. Exactly, and when it comes to running out, having the policy run out of money, that is the same thing you just said, right? It's based on which policy that you're signing up for.
1: Policy design, yes, because one of the um, one of the design options that you need to discuss and you need to make a decision about is benefit duration. So policies can be designed to pay out a certain dollar amount per day for a two-year period, a three-year period, a four-year period. Uh, They can go five-year periods. I have sold some with an unlimited benefit period. And that really is more a result of a conversation that you probably need to have about family health history. Mm. So does your family have a history of Alzheimer's or dementia? Because those are the families that when they have a long-term care need, it tends to be a longer need because, again, long-term care insurance is kicking in when, from a physical standpoint, you can't function independently. Eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, continence, those are all called activities of daily living. So depending upon the policy, when you can't do a certain number of those six or seven things, that's when your policy kicks in. But on the flip side, If you have Alzheimer's or dementia, and maybe physically you are in great shape and you have no issues whatsoever, but you can't be left alone because you have a cognitive impairment. Your long-term care insurance kicks in then as well, absolutely. But because the body is physically still so fit, it's just maybe your mind is gone. Those are the cases where that benefit duration tends to be longer,
0: Okay. Um, because
1: just because they can't be independent from a cognitive standpoint, physically they're still doing great, and you know they're not close to death.
0: Okay. When you're paying into long-term care insurance, rest assured it's not going to be a lot of red tape you have to go through. To Correct system. Okay. So when like, you- I think the, the the fear is okay, I'm going to pay all this money, and then oh, I don't fulfill the requirements because. Whatever. Make sure that you understand which insurance company you're
1: going with because you always want to go with an A rated company. And then when you're sitting with the advisor or insurance individual, ask them specifically, How do I qualify for benefits? Okay. Because there are insurance companies that will rely on your doctor's report. So if your doctor is saying, you know, so-and-so needs help with bathing and transferring. So she, you know, we, we need to set up a, a program for her. Then that would qualify okay. that individual. That's an important question to To start to ask their claim, right, and, and trigger the benefits or the elimination period to, to start ticking off, um, you know, for that insurance company. And then it's also important to understand um, the language in the contract Does the contract read that this individual needs assistance with or that it has to be done for them? So the more liberal wording is that an individual needs assistance with. So, again, you just you need to know what you're buying and you need to know who you're working with.
0: Long term care insurance. We talked about how it it covers your stay in the nursing home. But how about before then, if you don't get to the point where you're in the nursing home, does it cover making adjustments to the house? Sometimes you need, you know, a ramp or or yes. home care, in-home care. Yes, actually, I
1: think, and I can't quote the study, but um, we have been told that the individuals who actually have long-term care insurance are generally using their benefits to stay out of the nursing home. So they're using their benefits to pay for home care, assisted living, adult daycare, or if they need it, obviously a nursing home. But yes, you're, and again, it goes back to policy design, but most policies today do cover care in whatever setting you want to receive it in. And that's really important to families because no one wants to put a loved one in a nursing home. So when you have the option and the funding to pay for home care, that's generally where the
0: policy benefits are being paid out. And again, they don't limit you as to who you invite in as the home care.
1: It depends on the... Again, it goes back to policy design. Always does, doesn't it? (laughs) No, some policies will require that it is... like a reimbursement to a qualified care organization. Okay. Other policies just give you money. And if you want to pay a family member to come in and help you or the neighbor or, you know, any other individual, you have the, the option to do so. So again, it
0: depends on how your policy is set up. But it's nice to know that there are options. It's not cookie cutter. It really, you can fine tune it to whatever your needs and your goals are. That's exactly it. And In fine-tuning it and designing it, again,
1: that's how you're also controlling the premium or that lump sum investment Mm -hmm. into the coverage. So I know I've said it before, but you just really have to work with someone who knows what they're
0: doing in the area. So the people who are against long-term care insurance, what is the reason? Why do they say no? Because you see those studies, you see those articles You know, it's the horror stories of long-term care insurance. Which one drives you the most nuts when you see it? You're like, oh, stop telling people that because that's not true. I think I get frustrated when people just right off the
1: bat say it's too expensive. Mm. Because I don't know if you've asked the right questions or if you've worked with the right individual or if you've looked at it lately. Because it doesn't always have to be an all or nothing. It can also be... Well at least you would cover part of the risk by shifting that to an insurance company. Think of it like when you go buy a car. If you need a car, you can buy a Volkswagen, you can buy a Porsche. They're both going to get you where you need to go, one in better style and one, mm-hmm. you know, not quite as that level of luxury. When you go to policy design or even type of product for this long-term care need, I would I would almost say that there is something for every budget. You just have to understand if you're paying a lower premium or investing a smaller amount, what you're giving up on the on the flip side. But again, it's whatever portion of that risk you want to transfer. So I think the thing that makes me most upset is when people just right off the bat
0: say, it's too expensive. Mm. It doesn't have to be. And again, it should not change your lifestyle. So you shouldn't even really, the premiums that you have to pay should really be insignificant in the grand picture, right? Of your, of your financial
1: exactly. status. Exactly. And again, that's why the individual you're working with needs to know what assets you have and what your net worth is, because then they can properly design the, the policy to meet both your need and keep it within your budget.
0: Okay. How can we find out more information? Is there a good website to go to or how can we reach out to you directly? Well, you can always reach out uh, directly
1: to me, www.lustigfitzhenry.com. It's lustigfitzhenry.com. There are also, you can uh, Google any of the state websites as well and um, access additional information. There is also um, an organization that supports the CLTC designation, and they also have a website They support the continuing education of um, insurance producers and uh, provide a plethora of information about the subject.
0: Okay, so all of those I'll link to the show notes so it's easy for everybody to just click right on it.
1: Okay, perfect. Again, long-term care insurance is not right for everyone, but I think it's important that, you know, whether you're on your own or whether you're married or whether you have a partner or, you know, children— that you at least have some sort of discussion so that they know what the plan is. If the plan is not to incorporate or shift any of this to an insurance company in terms of responsibility, then just let them know how you expect them to help you and Mm -hmm. where this money is going to come from so that people aren't second-guessing and feeling bad about spending down any savings account or CD that they didn't know you had intended to self-insure with. So
0: again, just open up the conversation with your family. Wonderful, thank you so much. Thank you. Colleen Fitzhenry, CFP at Lustig and Fitzhenry Financial Services in cooperation with the Financial Partners of Upstate New York, certified in long-term care. And again, the disclaimer, the following information is only applicable to residents of New York. The information provided is not intended for residents outside of New York. Next week on the 7 Figures Podcast, I know if you have kids, they're probably so excited that summer vacation is here, school is out, and they're probably going to be spending a lot of time on their electronics. So, use that as an opportunity for you to get them engaged with their finances. We're going to give you a couple apps, financial apps, that your kids will love to play, and it'll actually teach them a lot about finances. So they can use that. You can encourage them to go on their phone during the summer. All right, you have a fantastic weekend. And we raise our glass and we proudly say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the 7 Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women.